Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of The Free Lawyer. And I'm really thrilled today to have with us Rob Hanna. Rob is a a legal talent solution and community builder uh, in the UK, does an amazing job supporting our legal community and and helping us as lawyers and helping law firms. Rob, how are you doing today? Ah, Well, Gary, thank you so much for the kind words and introduction. And and thank you for all the work you're doing for the legal community. And I'm a big fan of your show and a big fan of what you're doing. So thank you ever so much for having me. And the sun is shining here in the UK today. That's, That's rare, isn't it? It's more than rare. <laughs> you know, I've never been to London, um, but I just see it always. I just think it's always rainy and cloudy and misty, but I don't know. Maybe that actually is fairly accurate, huh? I think that's fair comment, but we are having our mini heat wave right now. So um, I'm going to enjoy it. Good. Rob, um, before we get into the details of what you're doing now, tell me a little bit about your journey and how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, so I am one of three boys. I'm a middle child. You can probably sense that. Some of the middle child syndrome. I, I'm the baby of three. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, I'm very fond of my baby brother, so he's um he's a good little character. Um, so grew up um around Leicestershire, which is in the middle of the UK. Um, and really my my inspiration for why I do what I do today, my my grandfather was a lawyer um, in, in the United Kingdom, and he built his very own law practice. And where I heralded from Leicestershire, that was the second richest city outside of London back in the 1950s. So when I grew up, um, I started doing jobs in the law firm. You know, I was doing the really important jobs, Gary, back then, photocopying, getting the cups of coffee, <laughs> doing the stapling, getting the cups of coffee, you know, taking the minutes, you know, going to the strong room, doing the deeds, all of the things like that. And I thought, wow, okay, this is impressive. I, w- I know I want to do something connected to the law at some point in, in my life. And anyway, went off to university. So I went to a, a Russell Group University over here, had a tremendous time up in the north of the UK. And then I wanted to go to London. I wanted to be the first person in my family that went to London and had a successful career in the square mile, which is the city, the sort of mile around the London. And and that happened. So I qualified from university, graduated from university, went to London, didn't know what I was going to do, had absolutely no idea what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to be in London. Um, And so I fell into the recruitment industry. And really, the rest is is sort of history. And I can go on and on and tell you more about that. But I, I started my career at a very interesting time because... I started in the 2008 Lehman's crash. And so I've, I've had experience of starting a career in a in a sort of recession, in a, in, in a pandemic, through to running a business through a pandemic and uh, and beyond. So I've seen a lot in between. Probably that, was a tough time to get, that was a tough time to get started, wasn't it? Well, I remember my first day on the tools, so to speak. So I moved and I was in a FTSE 250, you know, very large established business, a recruitment firm where I was doing at the time energy um, recruitment. So I was look, um, recruiting energy traders, those in investment banks, and it was a very interesting area. But my first day, I remember, and I went into the office and it was a big sales floor. 
And I'd see people with PCs and laptops walking the other direction. As I was walking in, people were walking out and it was mass redundancies, mass sackings on the first day of my job because Lehman's had gone down, the banking desk, the businesses completely kaput. And it really was sink or swim. It was that environment. There was no loyalty to, to newly graduates. You needed to kind of get on, get up with it. And I think in many respects, I'm grateful for that experience, no matter how hard it was. And I was very raw. What and this is maybe a message for anybody. What kept me in a job was I was hardworking and I was dedicated. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the skills. I needed to learn the skills. But my attitude, AIE, my mentor told me, attitude is everything. That's the one thing that kept oh, me in the job. Attitude is everything. I see. And that's the one thing that kept me in that job. And eventually, it gave me grace to then sort of go from there. So tell me what you do now. How you how you help lawyers and law firms now. Yeah. So fast forward. So I, I had that experience in that um, organization, which is a large global organization. I then was headhunted to join a boutique organization. And I, I helped scale that really from being in a basement. There was a few of us up to sort of 30 people. And then I got the bug thinking, right. And neither of this was legal. None of this was legal. These were different areas. But remember what I said originally, I wanted to do something at some stage connected to the law because of my grandfather and keeping that legacy going. And I thought, OK, I've done it in a big environment. I've done it in a boutique, small environment and scaled it. It's time now to do it for myself. It's time now to take that risk. And my biggest regret, Gary, was not doing it soon enough. My wage was my cage. I let comfortableness stay too comfortable. And I should have had the right people around me to make me set up my business many years before. So for anybody you know, listening. I did a podcast on that recently and, and a newsletter about grow, be uncomfortable and start growing. Because we all, we all want to be comfortable. You know, when I when I was in law school, it's like, I just want to be comfortable. I want to make enough money, not have to worry about bills, have a nice house, have a nice car, play golf, be comfortable. And that isn't a bad thing, but we're never growing when we're comfortable. Uh, yeah. we, we could get stuck and we could get bored and we're not learning and, and getting better. So true. And I absolutely second what you, you say there. And so I fell into that trap, but I, I then got my excitement back. And as I say, I, I now run KC Partners, which originally started out as a very traditional legal recruitment firm where we we work with law firms to help them with strategic key hires from a junior level up to senior levels. And that's across all major practice areas of law. So your corporate M&A lawyers, right the way through to your litigation, arbitration, disputes, lawyers, employment, real estate, you name it. Um, and it's super exciting. But then I realized that well, what makes us different? We're just another legal recruitment company. There's 10 to a dozen out there. Why should we bother instructing this one man band, Rob, who's just started out? Why, why should we care about this chap? And that's where I thought I need to do something more than just recruitment. I need to do something more mission led that people can understand and buy into. And that's why you very kindly said in the introduction, we do talent solutions and content creation focused all about community. Because if well, you can so tell me about that mission, you know, beyond helping lawyers find the right jobs, helping law firms find just the right person. Tell me about the bigger part of your mission too. Well, think about it this way, Gary. Um, if you want to speak to a recruiter just about a job, you're not always looking for a job. So that relationship is very limited, right? Based on the premise of a traditional recruitment recruiter-candidate relationship, you'll ring them up and say, hey, I'm now thinking about looking for a job. Or the recruiter will ring you and say they're thinking about looking for a job. And it feels very transactional. It's a transactional-led, it's okay, now's the time. But I'm bigger into relationships, longer-term, vested, deep-rooted relationships. So what do you need in order to do that? You need to give people 
things to see value in you. You need to give them thought leadership. You need to give them something. So, hey, I'm just not going to talk to Rob when I'm looking for a job. I'm going to talk to Rob when I want information about the insights in the market, or I'm going to listen to Rob's podcast because he's brought on some of the most incredible guests talking about X, Y, and Z. And it's really educating and informing and inspiring your audience. So you stay top of mind, seen as a thought leader, not just the recruiter. And that gives you the key person of difference compared to other people who are just focusing on the transactional relationship of it's all about just getting people a job. That's one part. And the main part of what we do is consulting because it's recruitment consultancy. So we should be consulting, educating, telling people more about the market, the trends, the insights, but also making it fun and building a real long term relationship. Because when you're sick, you go to a doctor. When you need legal advice, you go to a lawyer. But when you have your career at stake, you need to have a trusted thought leader, recruitment advisor who can be with you throughout your journey. And that's what we're trying to do with our community building. Wow, that, that's fantastic. So are your clients the lawyers or the law firms or both? Do you kind of have network relationships with both? Great question. So both are as equally important to us and the clients. And I'll tell you why, because the market swings. So in a boom market or recession markets, either there'll be a surplus of jobs or there'll be a surplus of candidates. And it's really important to remember that you need to have both to be very, very successful in this industry. You need to have those relationships. So I treat my candidates as similarly as the same level I would treat my clients. I have a duty of care to both to ensure that they get the highest standards of service that they need. And so, yes, absolutely, clients are our candidates and our clients in assessments of the law firms, but also people that work and work with us. So any of our suppliers, anyone who's in the business, I treat everyone as an equal, as an equal importance, because to make these machines and clogs work within any business, you need to treat people how you would like to be treated. And it's very important people remember that. Wow, fantastic. So with what you do, you see yourself as having sort of a continuing real relationship, both with your lawyer clients and your law firm clients. It's not just, you got me a job, I'll see you in 10 years kind of a thing. And that's, thank you so much for highlighting that because I say, I don't want to place you once. I want to place you for life. And that's why we're so big on being very um, appealing to the next generation of the younger generation of lawyers. And I know Gary, you believe in this as well in trying to inspire and educate and inform to let them know about the different channels, the wisdom from other people and learn because I want that early stage talent to know about us, to be top of mind. So for their first job, so when we get them their last job. That's the key to what we're trying to do. It's not about just trying to place people here, there and everywhere. It's long term vested relationships built on a very founded community where there's a good legacy attached to it and some meaning behind why we do what we do. And you're probably completely happy if you find the right candidate, put him in a firm. He's there for life and he's never really a paying client again because, you know, you made him happy and he'll recommend you to other people. Well, that's it. That's the customer lifetime value there. You've just hit. Even if they if they stay the duration and they're happy, they are going to remember you. But they'll also maybe become your client. They may say, hey, I'm now growing a team. Right. You were great. I would love to instruct you. So that customer lifetime value still develops over time, over time, because you're nurturing it. But the beauty of switching to content and community building is you don't have to pick up the phone all the time because they can follow your journey online. They can relate. They can interact with you. So you're not time sucking all the time, having to have these calls with people. You're building credible trustworthy online relationships that again when you meet them in person it's great when you have those conversations but you don't have to do it all the time because time is obviously our greatest commodity and it's quite hard to get that back when you stretch yourself too thin tell me about the consulting you said you do consulting in the legal profession tell me about that 
Yeah, so we will, um, a law firm may come to us and say, hey, um, we have lost over 20% of our third year associates in the last two or three years. Can you tell us why? Or can you tell us about what are some of the, the key reasons why this is happening? Or how can we increase our retention levels? Because, you know, it's very expensive to hire but it's even more expensive to lose people, Gary. You'll know that because it's not oh. just the cost, because it's the cost of replacement. It's the time. You know, you put those energy resources into training and developing those people. And if they're leaving after three years, it's very important that people understand why they're leaving. So we'll do some sort of internal analysis. We'll also provide some external market commentary and say, look, these are probably some of the reasons why, based on what you've told us, and these are the, the push and pull factors for that level. These are the suggested recommendations we would say that would hopefully improve your retention levels by X, that would generate your return on investment of Y. That's one very simple. Then we may do something connected to diversity, equity, inclusion, or well-being, or all of these different things that are important to people treating people as people and all of our consulting work is all geared about how can we make more people happier because happier people in their jobs stay in their jobs and they're more likely to get direct referrals and even cut us out of a job yeah i think you highlight some important things there about wellness and and attorneys being happy i know i've seen in my conversations with lawyers and and in the replies to my post that there are a lot of lawyers who make a lot of money but are very frustrated and overwhelmed and overworked and stressed have you seen that too I have. And, it, and it's sad to see, Gary. And the other sad thing is the junior people or the early stage people in the career have seen that. And so their motivations for wanting to become partners in the law firms. I mean, years ago, people would start in the magic circle, as you would know it over here, and they would have their whole career at the magic circle. They would start as a trainee and then become a partner, equity partner, and eventually finish their careers. Now, unfortunately, we're seeing more and more junior lawyers that get into profession full of hunger, full of desire, look above them and see that burnout, see that stress, see that lack of work-life balance, see the, the unhappiness in their eyes that can't be disguised. And they think, that's not for me. So I saw today, I just saw somebody who is a mid-level lawyer who's gone to go and work for a legal tech startup because there's new different opportunities, there's different career avenues people can go down now. They don't just have to stay in a role that doesn't service them or keep them happy. But yes, I do see it and I think it's a crying shame. And that's why when we talk about well-being, all these other points, it's not just talking, it's actually making things so we can make those improvements so people are happier. I, I've seen that same problem too. What do you? What changes could happen? What sort of improvements could there be? You know, how can we as a profession get away from that grind and hourly rate and so many hours where we make good money, but we're just miserable? How, any thoughts about how to make that better? Vulnerability. Partners in the top of the leadership team need to show vulnerability. Take the mask off and say, I do get stressed. I I wor I have worries too. You know, this 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 can be hard at times. Let's talk about this. You know, I want you to know that there's safe spaces here because we're not all going to be shooting from a 10 absolutely every single day. And our support as a firm will support you when you're not shooting from a 10 today. Um, because we know if we do that when you're not shooting from a 10, when you're shooting from a 10, you're probably going to be shooting from a 20. I think it has to start with the leaders because if people don't feel safe to show vulnerability, and it's seen as weakness and you as such, you're not a great lawyer because you may be having a bad mental health day. That's not a good workplace. The times have changed. And, you know, right. unfortunately, you know, some people may say, well, you know, you've got to do no treat people with kindness, humility and really 
value them and treat them how you would like to be treated and they will repay you more than you can ever imagine and i think that has to start with top down by leaders showing vulnerability and saying hey some days it's tough for me too these are some of the things i do or actually this is how you can support me i don't have all the answers let's brainstorm this together yeah i think you you may know from our prior conversation i've been in recovery i've been sober for a long time and i know during my years being sober i've seen how the uh, view the outside view on someone who's recovering alcoholic has changed from one of scorn to to one of respect, and yes. and I think the same is happening kind of in a later trend, but starting to happen with mental health and wellness. We're we're realizing it's okay to say I'm having a bad day or I can't handle this. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength and vulnerability to be candid and saying I, I this is just too much. I need a break. I need some help. I need some support, something like that. Have you seen that trend too, where it's getting, it's okay to talk about wellness in the legal profession? Absolutely. Um, because at the end of the day, regardless of the very kind uh, titles you said at the beginning, I'm a human first. I'm a father first. I'm a family person first. And so, you know, we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have emotions and disguising those it's making us unwell. You know, that's the reality. It's making us unwell. So I think, you know, it's really important that we create more people like yourself, like other people that are saying, look, it's, you know, it's a demanding profession. It's a very well-respected profession. You can get so much out of your legal career, but we understand there are pressures. We understand that it might be challenging. And here are some of the things we're going to do to support you along the way. And I just want to say congratulations to you, Gary, as well. You know, I respect you and what you've achieved. And it's just so great that you're creating the show and sharing your story, because I think you're going to be inspiring so many people. Well, wow, thank you so much, Rob. And, and I know you talked about the importance of building a legal community and, and that that's an important um, goal of your business, your profession to do that. Tell me how you help to build and support the legal community. Well, one thing I think is quite exciting that because I know a lot of people are talking about community and I think where we have a slight I guess, ahead of the curve advantage. Um, we are the first legal community, to my understanding, to have our own creator coin, social token. So we are moving into the world of Web3. We're probably seeing these heightened technology advancements. So imagine this, you sit in our community, you get content, you get collaboration, you get education, you get inspiration. That's great. Lots of people are in LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, WhatsApp groups, all of these forums, Slack channels. But within our community, we can reward you. So I could say, Gary, thank you so much for allowing me to be a guest on your show today. I would love to give you some free legal coin just to acknowledge you, to say thank you. It's almost like a point system. It's like when you use your Amex, you get points. We want to reward people for being active and supporters of our community and say, hey, we don't just treat you as a number in this community. If you're active, you're supporting, you're here, we're going to help you. What about this? We can say to somebody, you want to join one of our masterclasses and learn about how to become a partner. We'll give you some free legal coin just for turning up. Learn and earn. We, you're investing time in yourself in this community. We're going to reward you for being part of it. So that's one of these active new campaigns that we're driving. Our legal coin It's innovative. It's different. It's exciting. And I think it's a great way to show your rewarding and looking after your uh, community and showing some recognition to the, all those members. So from the outside, I, that's not completely clear to me. What is free legal coin? And, and how does one use it? What is its benefit? 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like it a social. Me, I'd like to have some, you know. Yeah, and and I will most definitely make sure you get some. It's like a cryptocurrency. So imagine Bitcoin, the, the first Bitcoin. This is the sort of first legal coin. Um, and so the more people who hold legal coin as our community grows, obviously the value of the coin goes up. But it's not an investment. It's more about rewards and recognition within our community. So the more legal coin you hold, the more added benefits, incentives you would get. So imagine you get, you have 10,000 air miles, 20,000 air miles. You may get an upgrade for first class. You may get this. You'll get access to more content, premium content, masterclasses, one-to-one, VIP, whatever it is, but linked to what's important to them. And so linked to content or access to people may not be able to get. And that's where we can use our vehicle of our legal recruiting business, where we have all of these amazing people who could potentially be mentors, storytellers wisdomers to my community so it's a great blend you know it, it's a win-win because folks who participate in your community can learn from those who might have more experience more influence and and yet by participating they get a reward too so it's really a win-win exactly gary if everyone understood it as quickly as you <laughs> we, it'd be amazing and that's uh, the issue with, with, when, when you're trying to do anything maybe different or new and this is maybe you know a learning on my part like you said, explain legal. We need to get better at educating and informing because sometimes as an entrepreneur, I have ideas, but sometimes we don't always get it right, you know, in terms of that communication piece. So I strongly believe social tokens are the future. And we're going to see more and more of these within communities because people are craving community, but creating these micro economies within it. But one thing we need to get better at is probably articulating what it is, how it benefits people and why why it should exist. So uh, that's actually very helpful feedback for us, Gary. I, I know you're the host of one of the, the legal podcasts that is just in the forefront of all of them, which is Legally Speaking podcast. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Well, well, thank you. It's very kind of you to to say, Gary. And um, yeah, I mean, it started as just very much uh, me and a microphone <clears throat> and, a, and a small team to now top one and a half percent in the world. We're in 4,000 cities. We've been sponsored by the Centaur and Unicorn Business in Legal Tech Clio. We've had some incredible guests come on from um, top, top legal thought leaders through to even Carol Basking from Tiger King. You, you couldn't make it up, but it's been an incredible journey. But the reason we did it, again... I needed something different. We couldn't just stay as a legal recruitment firm that just gave the same old service because we could use this as a great business business development or client outreach. So I could reach a potential partner in a law firm to build a relationship and say, hey, I've noticed that you're writing quite outdated articles that aren't getting too many views and you're probably not getting much inbound business. I've got this super exciting podcast, which is in two and a half thousand cities around the world. I can get your voice within 30 minutes on a global platform and we can manage, we can create a show, which is also going to help you with your internal recruitment because it's going to bring your human side out. It's going to tell people why they should like enjoy working with you. We're going to share your story, your wisdom. We're going to create all this marketing for you. We're going to shine a light on you and you're going to have the most wonderful experience. And I'm not even mentioning that I do legal recruitment at this point. And I build a really good relationship, give them nothing but value and service and positive experience. And they say, oh, do you do recruitment as well? Yeah, that's actually another part of our core servering offering. We'd love to help you out anytime you need us or if you've got any friends that need us. So it's a great way to service a community, build relationships, but also to create lead flow into the business. You know, I, I think that's such a good message um, for entrepreneurship. Mm. You're focused on giving. You're not you're not, it's not, I give you, you give me, you focus on giving and giving and giving, yes. but you've learned that you get back as well. 
and, yes. and maybe you get back multiple from all that you give away. And I think that's really a good message for, for we as attorneys and entrepreneurs to know that we have to give it away to, to get it really, to, to be generous in our knowledge and our experience. And you have to be patient because these things, relationships can't be forced and cannot be rushed. You know, relationships take time to develop, nurture, foster, mature. It may take us five years, may take us two years, one year, 10 years. But the important point is that you start, as you very correctly say, by giving value and expecting necessarily nothing back and giving them the best experience, leaving your personal brand on the table as someone they want to talk about saying, hey, I just had a great chat with that Rob Hanna guy. You should check out his podcast. And I think they do this, 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 and this, because that's my reputation. And that's what I need. That's what I need going to market. So, so often I find lawyers are just stressed and overwhelmed. What advice do you have for the lawyer who right now who's slaving away in his office? He feels like he has no home life, no personal life. Ten years ago, he was so thrilled to become a lawyer, a barrister, a solicitor. And now he's like, why did I do this? I'm just burned out. What advice do you have for that fellow who might be hearing this and, and wondering what his next step should be? Three things. One, take a breath. Two, remember you are not alone. And three, there is help and support out there. Times of changing. There are some phenomenal coaches. You need object as much as your family love you. And that's great that you hopefully if you could find comfort in your family, but you need somebody objectively who understands and can help coach or support you out of this experience. So I, I myself, I have my own coaches and mentors. I'm a big believer in your network is your net worth. I know it's as cheesy as hell, but it's so important. So if you're sat there and like you say, you're having those worries, those thoughts, there is help out there. Yeah. Go and speak to coaches, go and speak to people, take yourself out of that particular moment and say, hey, maybe this person could help me. And honestly, by just taking that step, you'll be amazed by the responses you get back. Because right. people, nine times out of 10, good people in this world do good things. It just takes you that bit of courage to just say, do you know what? I need to do it. And the more you can take self-accountability, the far better off you'll be. Boy, that, that's so well said. Um, you know, I think the importance of having a coach or a mentor really can't be understated. I'm an avid golfer. I played competitively in high school and college. I had my first golf coach when I was in eighth grade. And I'm now 67. I don't think there's been a year I haven't had a golf coach since. Now, you would think in 55 years, I would have learned how to play the game. But I still need a coach who tells me how I'm off track. Because in my own mind, I have the wrong perception of what I'm doing wrong. And, and the same is true with everything. Our family loves us, supports us, but they all have a certain bias or prejudice. They may not like our boss. They may want us to do more, make more money. They may want us to work less and be home more. They have their own agenda, but an independent coach can really, you know, can really help. If you speak to anybody who's had adversity or anyone who has been successful in what they deem successful, and I don't just mean monetarily, they've had a coach in some capacity. Every mentor of mine or everyone I, I know in my network, I always say to them what's been their secret, and they say coaches. Yeah, I, I think that's so important. And that's really where my passion comes from today. I practiced law for over four decades, and, and I want to help that lawyer who's struggling. And it's so hard for us as lawyers because we're always in charge. We're smart. We, we want to seem vulnerable and tough. And it, yeah. it's hard to say. I, I could use some support, but it's confidential and it's helpful and it really it's a sign of strength not a sign of weakness yeah but it's even how people want to to frame it you know i i need help yeah i'm looking to improve 
Right. Get in the positive mindset, you know, put positivity into you because our brain feeds, you know, if you're putting negative thoughts into your brain and that's why I say, take a breath, take a breath, take that deep breath and just think, do you know what? Okay. Maybe it's not as bad as I think. Maybe there is some help out there and start putting positive things and surrounding yourself around positive people. And amazingly, your life will change. And absolutely, I love the fact that you are doing what you're doing because you have so much wisdom and you have an authentic story to share as well, Gary, which people can relate to. And that's why, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of yours. Well, thank you so much. So as we wrap up, I always like to ask my guest this question. Um, what does true personal freedom mean to you, Rob? What I'm doing right now, Gary, I'm living a very good life. What do I mean by that? I have my business, but what do I have? I've My baby daughter is eight months old. I've put my daughter to bed. I would say 95% of all of those nights. I have done bath time by choice. I have designed my life to make it work so I can be the dad that I want to be that I maybe never had. And that's a story for another day. And I asked my mom, because my grandfather was my greatest mentor. Um, and he ran a very successful business. And unfortunately, he recently passed. And I said to mom, what was your your experience with your father? And she said, my experience with my father was he was always at the office. Mm. And I know it's different times in a different world we live in. I am not letting my daughter say that once I pass. I want to be there. I want to be known because it's people who are there at last times that the people you want to invest your time, energy and effort in because there'll always be more clients. And so for me, happiness is having that freedom to be where I want to be, but also doing the job and stuff that I enjoy. And that's why I love being creative, trying, taking risks, all of this Web3 technology stuff, but allowing myself, hey, if I want to go and do a podcast with Gary for two hours and I want to go and walk my daughter for two hours, I'm going to go and do it. And that's happiness, that's success for me. And that's something you can't put a price on. That's fantastic. I read the book recently, which to me was inspirational called Everyday Legacy. And, and it's about our legacy isn't what we leave, how much stuff, how many dollars, how many homes. Our legacy is how we want to be remembered by our loved ones. And your grandfather was obviously a great man, but you want to leave a different legacy to your daughter than what maybe he left to his daughter of something more than just a successful businessman. And I think that's wonderful. Yeah, no, thank you, Gary. That really means a lot. And it, it, it's so true. But look, it, it, where I am today didn't start. It's hard work. It's grind. you got to put you got to put it in. you got to plan. you got to think, you know, it may all sound rosy, but I still have bad days. But the reality is, if you're not having fun, you got to do something about it. Because when the fun stops, that's dangerous. So whatever you're doing, folks, make sure you're having fun. Fantastic. Rob, for uh, my listeners who'd like to get in touch with you and learn more about you and what you do, What's the best way for them to contact you? Keeping it simple, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. My name is Robert Hanna. I have actually maxed out on all my connections, but please follow me there. And you can also join our Legally Speaking Club Discord community, which is a fast-growing community where we share lots of events, lots of projects, lots of networking opportunities. So you're most welcome to join there if you follow me on LinkedIn and drop me a message. And for those of you are not in it yet, I'm a member of that community. It's really, really fantastic. And I love that you do it. Rob, thank you so much for being here today. You just shared so many pearls of wisdom and I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Gary. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you all for listening to another episode of The Free Lawyer. And as always, please be well, be safe and be free. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. 
I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.